0: Welcome to the Guys From Podcast, just two guys answering the internet's questions.
1: I'm Sean Cordingly. And I'm Jeremy Verkley. Today's question comes to us from many people. The question is, hey, you got any tips for GMs? Yeah. We do. We sure do. Yeah. We had this before we
0: did the Player Tips podcast back in November. Yeah. And then we got a pile more. <laughs>
1: yeah, after we talked about it, people were like, hmm, yes, more.
0: Plus, Jeremy has now written a and d article for the website. That's right. Plug, plug, plug. Plug. Plug, plug, plug. (laughs) (laughs) So you can check out some What the Heck is D&D Anyway ideas from Jeremy at theguysfrom.com slash gaming.
1: Yeah, and the the idea for the articles as I go through is to sort of take the mysticism out of a lot of tabletop uh, and just let people know without... Focusing on the actual crunch, uh, so that's the numbers and stuff of each system, uh, what they might or might not like.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's an intro for without having so much detail in it that you get bogged down. Because a lot of intros, especially when it comes to tabletop, is like, here's all of the stuff you need to know and the dice and here's the numbers and this is the chart you're going to be concerning yourself with all the time. Yeah. So look at it now.
1: (laughs) Do it. (laughs) Memorize the entire book. Um, No, it's not like that at all No Um, Yeah And uh, I do have a plan for several releases going forward But I'm really open to whatever people want me to extrapolate on So if you've got stuff, let me or Sean know And then Sean will let me know
0: Yeah, (laughs) if we've learned nothing else about the guys from It's that regardless of who's doing something, people talk to Sean (laughs) Yeah, why not?
1: Sean's a great guy
0: did you ever hear the podcast where somebody asked me a question for Dave?
1: I didn't, but Kay. there was a couple where Dave was really trying to get questions. He was yeah. really pushing for it. I I was listening to, and I felt bad for him.
0: I think because this <laughs> is episode two hundred and three. Yeah. I think Dave has personally received two of the
1: questions. Yes. Yeah. Were they for you? No. Hey hey trolls, get on it. <laughs>
0: They should ask him some D and D questions. Yeah, for me,
1: ask Dave the questions for me. No, I'm, don't do that. Don't do that. I think that actually be really funny. <laughs> yeah, it would be funny, but it it would it would cause Dave immense pain.
0: Yeah, it would. Which <laughs> also is what makes it really funny. Yeah. So yeah,
1: the misfortune of others. Uh, so um, speaking of being a DM, <laughs> speaking of being yeah, um, we, before we get started, we're gonna sort of handle this entire podcast in in our agreed understanding, is that this is going to be the beginning of a game. Yes. General tips and beginning of a game, and then we'll do another one about building campaign narratives. Because yes. Because that one is likely to be three hours long.
0: Well, we because we had <laughs> talked about doing it, like, first half tips, second half narrative building. Yeah. But... There is literally no way, because Jeremy and I are very different in the way we construct games and in the way that we GM, that only one of our styles could be covered in any detail if we did it in the second half of this podcast, because this podcast cannot be two hours long as we have a Pathfinder game to play in like an hour and a half.
1: That's right. We're on a time limit. (laughs) So no fooling around us. Like that'll ever happen. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to start, we have three tips we wrote down that are just basic. No matter what your style ends up being, you're going to need this. Yes. Um, So the first one we've gotten written down here is know the rules to the game.
0: Yes, you need to know the rules. Yeah. And that does not mean, and I know where Jeremy's going with this, that does not mean that you have to abide by them 100% letter of the law.
1: Yes. 90% of great GMs, no, 99% of great GMs are cheating at some point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you don't have to let the players know that. Don't. But I would say there's one instance where you can sort of take a person aside and be like, hey, just so you know, this is what I do. Yep, sure. And that is when somebody goes heavy into the rules, memorizes the whole book, and wants to make sure the game is running exactly according to those rules.
0: I pray you don't have a player like that in your first
1: game. Yeah. But if you do... If you do, this is my suggestion. Yes. Just take them off to the side when nobody else is going. Be like, hey, I really like your engagement with the game. I really like that you've learned these rules and you're helping other players when they're falling behind on stuff. That's great. It helps the game move and it shows that you're engaged. But I just want to let you know... That, as the GM, I finagle with the rules. Yep. And part of that is my, my adjudication that makes the game fun. And part of it is that if the dice are just horrible if for your side or my side, or they're way too high for my side, I can finagle a little bit. Yeah. And make sure that you guys don't die from a party of lizard folk. The
0: number one rule for a GM is the game is fun. Yeah. You're driving fun. Yeah. If the people at the table are having fun, it doesn't matter if you had to flex that spellcasting rule to make it work a little better. Or you saved them from being TPK'd by lizard folk. Yeah. You don't want
1: that. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong. There are consequences in the game. Oh, yeah. Um, but really, you you knowing the rules is one, to help the game move smoothly... And two, know what you can change. Yes. Because if you change everything, either the game's not going to have any stakes, because the players will never be in any danger. Right. Or, the like, players are going to get murdered. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a thing called game balance for a reason.
0: And it's consistency. Yeah. Because the rules are there to give you a baseline of consistency. Yeah. If you change a rule once, it has to stay like that in your game.
1: Yeah. House rule.
0: Yeah, and that's totally that's the fine. the rule rule. <laughs> it's totally fine. Yeah. But you need that basis, and you need that basis to be consistent. That way, if you have a group, say you're playing twice a month every two weeks, if you have a rule the first week of the first month, and then it comes up again in the second week of the third month, and it's not the same...
1: The players aren't going to know what to do. Yeah, it, it it will confuse the players, and it could even upset some players because yeah. they feel like the deck is like that's where you get the GM versus the players type of mentality, which is not what you want. It's not what you want. You're building a story together. Yes. Um, I think that's good for our first point. Know I feel the, like it know is. Know the rules. Yes. For all those reasons. Um. So second, uh, and this is actually the biggest, I would say, narrative tip is know how your world works. Yes. Uh, you're going to be playing in different settings. It might be your own setting that you've built. It might be a Pre-built. pre-made built yep. pre setting, um, which D&D is great for.
0: Yeah, there are
1: hundreds. Yeah. Um, but if you don't know how the world works, and this goes just beyond the rules, what type of people are in this world? How do things react to certain behaviors? Yep. Um, and the reason why this is so important is because you have no idea what your players are going to do. No. Nope. Especially if you're one of, like a first-time GM, you have no idea.
0: Yeah, and even if you're not a first-time GM, you don't know what yeah. the players are going to be like. You don't know what they're going to be like together. You don't know what their
1: characters are going to be like together. Nope, uh, and neither do the players. No. Uh, so it's not something you can find out until you play um, but this is going to help you a lot with any impro- improvising you have to do on the spot.
0: The better you know your world and how it works, the easier it will be for you to make up something on the spot when your players inevitably go off of your plan.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they will. Oh, and yeah. It's a good thing. Yes, it is. <laughs> but it, it's it's also going to help you with consistency. If you're just starting a game, you're probably in a, a small town or a tavern yeah, or, or something like that. And just knowing... A few things about that city that can color, like, everybody in that city. Like, don't think of each city as a character. Like, have people say New York is a character in every city. New York is a city that is a character in every movie. There you go. Okay, yeah. sure. Um, don't do not do that. But if you're in a mining town, then That's probably going to... there's, more labor, there's more laborers. They're probably a little gruff. Maybe the black lung is a problem. Like know those couple things. Yep. And then even when they go and meet the 6th NPC and you've only got four pre-generated, then you have something to draw from.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That we can't oversell that enough. Yeah. Know your world, know where they will
1: be. Yeah.
0: And it does that doesn't mean you have to write everything out. No. Don't write everything
1: out. No. But if I barely write anything down, I write for a location, maybe I write like three or four things. Sure. And I have, I have an NPC that I'm pretty sure they're going to meet. And then two more that I'm like, these are not fully fleshed out, Yeah. but I can flesh them out and bring them in. If the party goes and wants to meet more different people.
0: Yeah. If I have, if I'm doing a major location, I probably have one page on it. Yeah. And that's just to give me a little bit of everything, and that includes an NPC, usually, where yeah. it's just like, this is everything that has, here's the wealth level, so it tells me how much they can find in shops, what kind of shops they have, gives me names of all of that stuff, that way I'm just, I'm ready to go. Yeah. And if they go somewhere else, I'm fine with that, because yeah.
1: I have that page. Yeah, exactly. You you can, again, it's it's what you can pull from. Yep. Um, one of the biggest things that people tell me of uh, that they stress about for GMing is that uh, they don't think they can create a world that feels like it has the scope. Oh. But you don't have to. No. Um, you Having just the ability to pull things in that you've already set up in any random circumstance makes the players think you've got the whole world planned down to minutia.
0: Oh, yeah. And you never will.
1: No, and you, you never do. And yeah. you never should try. No. Because the, the actually... There comes a certain point with the amount that you're writing down that you're actually making yourself less flexible. Yep. Um, and that's when players can feel railroaded. Yes. Uh, so you don't want that.
0: No. As a player, I hate being railroaded. Yeah. And I were I prep way more than Jeremy does. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's not the same kind of prep. No. I'm not railroading, and I'm not setting that up. I'm building a world, and that's all I do. So like that one page, great. They spend an entire session in there. Okay. I'll now have six more pages on that place, yeah. Just to give me more of what's already established and what more things I could add to it. And also,
1: this sounds like a lot, but when you're take just take even minor notes during the session, yep. So that when your player characters come back to a place, you know who they've met, yes, and you can keep your uh, presentation of the city consistent. The s- consistency is key. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Do you put a voice note down for NPCs? Because I do.
1: I mean, I generally don't do a lot of different voices, and that's just because, um, for my current group, they they are almost all new players. Okay. And so I didn't want to super intimidate them. But what I usually what I do is I do uh, like how they're holding their body note. Okay. Sure. Because I try and do more physical stuff to get people into the game. Right. Um, Whereas
0: I typically pace, so I use vocal cues. Yeah. Or little ticks or yeah. that sort of thing. Because I like pacing as a GM.
1: Yes. Sean gets up and moves around. Yep. Yeah. Which is fine. I really like moving around. Yeah. But we found out very quickly who can sit beside Sean and who can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because some players will be like,
0: what's going on? Oh, no. Ah. Whereas others are like, I get a high five eventually. Yeah. Yes. I can tell jokes. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, So that's the second major tip. Know your world. Yes. Uh, And the third final major general tip is know the tone that you want to set. Yep. Um,
0: And you need to know this before you go in first session, first day, first everything. You need to know the tone.
1: um, And there's a couple tools that you can use to help you figure out what the tone of your game should be. Yep. One of them is asking the players what they want from the game.
0: And this we could kind of flex this into a session zero talk as well. Well, we'll, I think let's do that right after this. But just to point it out, we're going to talk about the idea of a session zero, and we'll get into that a bit more after. But just put a pin in that.
1: Yeah. So do you want heavy roleplay in your session? If you want heavy roleplay in your session, when you sit down, you are the NPCs, you're making eye contact with the players. Yep. And you're acting as that person would act physically. Yep. And the more that you can commit to doing that, the more likely the players are to follow suit. Right. And now every player is going to have a different range where they're comfortable. Yep. But over time, if you keep that tone consistent, people will move towards it. They will, yes at the same time if you go in and you're just like <laughs> jokes <laughs> all the time your party's going to not be very focused and doing a lot of meta gaming probably.
0: Yep. And if that's what you want, that's fine. If totally that's fine. what the players
1: want, yeah. that's fine. That's totally Don't fine. Don't
0: feel like you need to role play because it's a role playing game. Yeah. We have a light medium role play?
1: I mean, I would say I would say I'm probably in the alpha group. I'm probably heaviest role player. You and Geo, yeah. I would say. Or, yeah. well, we'll see what Jan does, but yes. I mean, D- Danilo plays a quirk. Yeah. Is what he does. He's not a character, he's a quirk.
0: Regardless, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy is probably the yeah. most deeply into the role play side in the Alpha group.
1: Yeah. Which is, is why sometimes I, I say something and, and Sean gives me a die because he's like, that's exactly what that character would say. Yes. We um, can talk
0: about that as that's a little trick that I use yeah. that I quite enjoy to set. Because I've set a tone,
1: a yeah, specific def- tone, yeah. as a first day. Yeah, definitely. So. Um, and I know that tone sounds really vague, but it's really, what do you want to feel playing the game? Yes. And what do you, like, because that's what the players will feel.
0: Yep. And that's what you want. Yeah. Because you want everybody on the same page to start, and if it goes somewhere different after, okay. Yeah, that's Fine. fine. But you need – if you can get everyone as close to on the same page in this disparate person situation because everybody's got a different expectation, everybody's got a different character. Yeah. If you can get it as close to centered around a single point, yeah. that is the best way to start, and then you can branch from there.
1: It's it's also the famous sports adage of uh, leading by example.
0: Yep. That uh, helps a
1: lot. So, the, the, so there's going to be people at your table – That just will not settle down No They won't But they'll be more settled If you have the tone of being settled Yep Um, And if they're not And they're being really disrespectful all the time Then talk to them
0: Yeah Communication is key
1: Yeah Along Um, with
0: consistency
1: Yes Communication and consistency The two C's of D and D The C and C of D and D Yeah the C and C of D and D Next week the E and E (laughs) <laughs> um but yeah, let's let's talk about a session 0.
0: I always feel like it's a great idea to have a session 0, especially for
1: a new GM yeah, and especially I, for a new group. Yeah. Especially if you don't know all the people.
0: Yes. If you know everybody, you can maybe you can get away without a session 0, but it always helps. And what what we mean by a session 0 is it's a group session, so when everybody who's going to be playing the game, including the DM, yep. so you get together and you sit down and you talk about what do you want from the game? What kind of game do you expect? Are you looking for a lot of combat or do you like more social encounters? Yeah. Like it's just it's finding out the tone of the group and allowing them to discuss
1: the characters they want with you. And with each other. Yeah, they might find connections that they want their characters to know each other, or yeah. maybe their characters are now related, or so. Uh, everything you do in a session zero is going to enrich the game. Yeah. Now and I do want to point out that's a great session zero. Yes. There is another kind of session zero. Sure. Um, and that is, you, I would use this session zero for people who have not played the game before. Okay. Yep. Um, and uh, it's what I did for my group. Uh, I came up with a very simple premise. I told everyone that they were orphans and that we were just going to play as level zero characters. You don't have a class. You're a bunch of kids, and I'm going to do a setting. One, it helps people sort of parse out what the rules are. Yes. And two, I just tell them, I don't care what you do. There are no skills. There are no stats. So you can do whatever you want, but I'm going to make notes on what you're doing so that I can make suggestions for you, and also it's information for me for what sort of obstacles I should put in true because if for a new group if they don't know anything or what they can do it's best for the first couple sessions in my personal opinion to tailor those two sessions to be to what their strengths already are
0: which is a lot easier if you're a more experienced dm than if you're a brand new dm yes and that's that's why i would lean for a new dm to yeah. the session zero that i was pitching but yeah. i think yours is an excellent idea for it if you have nothing but new players, or
1: maybe, like, a couple experienced and a bunch of new players... Also, the the session zero I just described, it's great to, t- say, get one of your friends that is really experienced and bring them to the table only for that session. Yeah. Um, because that's going to be an extra resource for you, and it's also going to be a place where the players can take their cues from other than you.
0: It will help ground everything for you. Yeah. Within the game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, but your Session Zero is is really good, too, and works for, I would say, the majority of situations. Yeah. Um, But sometimes, if you have all new players, they're not going to know where to start talking.
0: You can fold in part of what you did into what I was talking about, as well, where they just talk about what they're wanting. It's like, okay, and then take in your idea. It's like, let's see what they're like as children. So, okay, you all find yourselves in a field. Yeah. There's a pond over there. There's this over there. There's forest over there. What yeah. do you think you do?
1: Yeah. And if you want more information on a session zero, you can look it up. Yeah. Um, session zero is not an idea unique to us. No, but no, not even close. Not even close. Um, like Wizards of the Coast uh, for 4th edition released an official session zero you could do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Although with, that is
0: 4th edition, which, yeah. please don't play 4th edition, play 5th.
1: Yeah, play 5th edition. Uh, <laughs> unless you're really into a tactics game. Then sure. play 4th, maybe. But m- Maybe? Maybe. <laughs> I mean, again, if I eventually get to an article on 4th, you'll, yeah. you'll know what it's all about. You could also write an article on a Session Zero. I could. I could. It's not currently in my itinerary, but if people want that, I definitely will. <laughs> Tweet at Dave, at David Roth.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh... <laughs> I'm so going to keep pitching that. I'm sorry, Dave. It's not my fault. It's not. Even though I came up with the idea. Ah, he'll blame me anyway. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we have any other tips we want to do? This is all Before. for the start of the game, right? Yeah. So, and, and your prep. And your prep.
0: Finding, here's some just basic things to have yeah. that I think are a good idea. Yep. Dice. Have dice. Tons of dice. Do you have a player set? Great. Get seven more.
1: Yeah. Buy a
0: pound of
1: dice. Yeah, you can go to Chessex and you can get literally a pound of dice in a bag.
0: Yeah, I got uh, 157, I think, dice, whiz dice, which yeah. I quite like, yeah. off of Amazon for $30, I yeah. think.
1: You can get quite a bit of dice for not that much of an investment, and certainly better than buying a bunch of individual sets.
0: Yeah, like... When you're a player, you can. It's like, ooh, I'm going to get character-specific dice that fit my color scheme. Yep. Which I think most of my alpha party has now done.
1: Yeah, I did that, and everyone was like, oh, yeah. That's a really good idea. (laughs) 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 Yeah.
0: So... That is something different because you're committed to a color scheme for your character or you want a specific set of dice. For a DM, you want a pile. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what colors they
1: are. Even if you're a a DM like me, who I like to have a complete, I have a GM set of dice. They're all the same sort of dice. Okay. But it's always great to have a bunch of miscellaneous with you. Yep. So that somebody forgets a die or you're going to hand out an inspiration dice or... Uh, For whatever reason, a dice needs to be out and about. Then you have miscellaneous dice you can throw out and that you don't care about.
0: One of the tricks that helped me set my tone. Yeah. I Actually, I set the tone in our Facebook group first, where I offered, and I established this premise immediately. I offered a GM die, which is essentially inspiration. It's a D6, which anyone can use on any roll that is not damage. Yep. For doing something in character that I think is really great, a great piece of role playing, or something that makes me laugh. Yeah. So the in the first session, like, group, before we even got started, I said, and the first person who finds me a picture of a pelican in briefs gets a GM die. Yeah. And within, like, 25 minutes, Sam had found a drawing of a <laughs> pelican. <brief>. Yes.
1: Yes. <sighs> <laughs> I didn't even try. I was like, somebody else is going to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it lightened
0: the tone. It, it set a tone immediately it where it's just like, I'm looking to have fun. I want jokes, but yeah. I also want role play, and I'm also going to encourage you when you do really cool stuff. Yeah, you're gonna get rewarded by me for yeah. it.
1: And the the other way you can do that is uh, you can provide advantage to people. Yep. Um, which is they get to roll two dice and take the higher of the roll. Yep. Uh, that's what I do in mine. Um, but. The problem can be is that sometimes people try and hoard, so don't give extras. Give them one, and then be like, "Oh, I could have given you inspiration there, but you already have one." Yeah, and which is literally what I do. Yeah, that's that encourages them to use the die. Yep. Um, and keeps things moving. Uh, it's also a pacing help thing.
0: Oh, it really does help pacing. Yeah, it really helps pacing, yeah. and I am a stickler for pace in everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because there are sessions where it's just like... And we had a session in our alpha party. Which we're going to keep talking about the games that we're running because that's that's our That's it's examples. Easy.
1: It's a good examples.
0: There was literally a game, I think it was fourth session, where nobody got an inspiration die. And at the end of the session, everyone was like, we didn't... Did we get any dice? No. Huh. Yep. O- okay. Mm-hmm. And everyone was a little weirded out by that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, it was It was because the tone had been set. Yeah. Right? Um, and, like, I'm actually really bad at remembering that sort of thing. So if you feel like you want to, retroactively give one out. Sure. Um, just be like, hey. And it can be the next session. You can be like, hey, I really love this thing you did. Have an inspiration for this session. Yep, you can. Um, some GMs will even be like, you only have this for this session. You have to use it this session or it's gone. Yeah. Um, find what you want find what you like and that's the big tip is going to be find the style that works for you
0: yeah sorry
1: like, my, my dice delivery is here and it's, yeah. they're having to back it in I was gonna say I gotta throw a table at that garbage truck <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, um, yeah but if, find the stuff that works for you yeah um, and it's gonna depend a little bit on the group do you have a group that just loves meeting people get a list of names Oh, yeah. Just go to babynamer.com and get the top 100 baby names for each gender. Have them beside you. And then just when you use one, cross it out.
0: That's 100% a recommendation, regardless of whether your party wants Len likes meeting people or not. Yeah have a list of names because they are going to go and they're going to talk to that 14 year old kid who is skinning that giant snake and you weren't planning on them talking to that 14 year old kid skinning the giant snake. It was snake. just a
1: detail you came up with for the background. Yeah
0: it was fun. It just fills in the world a little bit and now they're talking to him and you're like well I gotta come up with a name I don't know Jameson.
1: Yeah. There it is. There you go Jameson. So
0: if you have that list you always have something and that ties into you always seeming like you have the entire world in your head
1: yeah and i mean sometimes you do have the entire world in your head oh it happens yeah so everything is about illusion the illusion that you have control over what's going on you're
0: going to feel terrified but it's all smoke and mirrors yeah
1: yeah um and once you get the engagement of the players they're actually gonna they're gonna think more about the world than even you do oh yeah so
0: they will solve so many of your problems for you, yeah. and fill in things that you weren't even thinking about. Yeah, they're like, oh, by the way, this right? You're like, yeah, yeah. No, it's just down there. Yeah, uh, you walk like a block and a half.
1: Yeah, yep. That thing exists. Had it planned. Yeah, knew you were gonna go there.
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just a, a big British Jamaican guy. Yep. is there? There's a there's a small receptionist just sitting there. She's got a coat. Yep. Yeah. What else do you
1: need? <laughs> Um. Now that we're done with that tip, because I feel like we expounded on it pretty good.
0: Yes, I was trying to go into the what you need to have. Right. <laughs> That's where this started. Right. We That's started right. on dice, and then yeah. we wandered.
1: Right. So dice, uh, have a notebook for um notes, story yep. stuff. Um. Do not just use scrap. No. You will lose it. Yeah.
0: It doesn't matter if you think you're not going to or you're like, I'm going to be extra careful. You're going to lose it. That being
1: said, have scrap available. Oh, yeah. Always have some, but don't use that for your notes. Yeah. Uh, Scrap can be used if somebody needs paper to work with. Yep. Or if they ask for a map, you can draw it out. Yep. Um, I use a vinyl sheet uh, on the table that you can use wet erase markers on. Yep. Um,
0: I borrow that sheet or I have a whiteboard. Yep. I love having a mini whiteboard because that has, I have run so many little text adventures.
1: Mostly with me. Mostly with Jeremy. (laughs) Let's just have a dating sim off to the side, Sean.
0: Okay. These two are just book shopping, so I can do that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So have a scrap and a notebook. Yeah. And then I would say also have a notebook that is your master book. Yes. And that's the stuff where you do your world building.
0: I suggest a binder yeah. if you can. Yeah. Because then you can move things in and out. Yep. <laughs> yep. And reorder and that sort of stuff. Okay. Uh, pens, pencils, obviously have erasers, good erasers, more than one. Your party may remember to have them, but there's a good chance they won't. Yep. So bring some. Yep. I just
1: thought of something. Screen you know, of some sort. Screen of some sort. Not necessary, but it, it does really help sort of set the tone, I find. Yeah. More than anything, like, I don't actually use the tips that are on my screen. Um, I make my for, own. Except for quick reference. Yeah. Um, but really having that screen down makes people... It's a thing of authority. It gives you authority. It gives you some power. Yeah. And and also, sometimes you want to hide when you're cheating. Yep. Um, <laughs> hide them cheats. Yeah. Hide them cheats.
0: Also, you did bring it up. They have little tips or little quick
1: reference sheets Or little quick charts. And most games have official screens available.
0: Which will be incredibly helpful when somebody asks for something and it's high demand. And we've said, know the rules. You're not going to remember everything off the top of your head. It's never going to happen unless you play it every week endlessly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, if you're playing for like six months every week, you're probably going to have a pretty good grasp at at least all the general rules. Yeah. And then someone's going to fall more than 60 feet. And you're going to be like, what are oh, the following rules? Yeah. Um, and you'll have to look it up.
0: How does this obscure spell work again?
1: Yeah. Uh, oh, I forgot that this creature uh, gives the paralyzed condition. What makes paralyzed different from stunned? Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: And don't be afraid. Have the a book. Have yeah. the book with you. Have the rule book with you. Yep. And just be like, I'm going to double check something. Or let me double check and flip.
1: Yeah. In my article, I said if you could only get one book, get the monster manual if you're the GM. Yeah. Um, and that's because... Other than the core rule book? Well, here's the thing. The player's handbook, which your players should have, at least one of, yeah, has most of the rules in there.
0: Oh, that's true. Um, yeah.
1: Uh, and y- as a GM, you're expected to adjudicate. So all the minutiae that's in the DMG, uh, Dungeon Master's Guide, um, you can do without for a while. But if you're doing any sort of combat encounter, building a monster from scratch is way, way, way more work.
0: That's true. So the
1: monster manual is going to save you more work, but really you should get both.
0: Yeah, um, have the core
1: book. Have the core book, but I mean, sometimes you got to spread it out. Yep. Sometimes you got to spread it out, and my suggestion is go with uh, the monster manual and then have some sort of uh, bookmark at uh, Rules Compendium, because most of the rules are available online for free.
0: Although you can also get a lot of monsters online for free.
1: You can, but a lot of time the balance on them is not great. True. A lot of time that's stuff that people are workshopping or it's homebrew. um, And trust me, if you take a monster from a homeroom game that has six or seven people and put it up against a party of four, it will annihilate them.
0: Maximum party for your first time GMing five. Yeah. And that's pushing it.
1: Four is the sweet spot. My suggestion is... Aim for a party of four, and chances are one person is going to have a friend that really wants in. Yeah. And then you have the space to bring that one person in. But the players already knew that it was four people, so they stopped trying to bring in more people after the fifth. Yes. Yeah.
0: Don't go over five. Don't.
1: Um, I, w- I actually, even though I'm an experienced GM, I don't like GMing for a, a group larger than five.
0: I cannot imagine what it would be like to do eight. Yeah. That's
1: just too many. It well. It means that it's hard. It's hard to keep five people engaged at the table all the time. Yeah, it sure is. With more people, the more people you add, the more likely people are to wander away from the game mentally. Yep. Um, which is not what you want.
0: And you might have a party that likes going off in different directions. Yep. And when you have eight people, that's a lot of downtime. That's at least
1: five different directions, probably. Yeah. So
0: I have a group of five and sometimes I'm running three to four different things at once. Yep. Yep. (laughs) I mean, I,
1: uh, for, for the Omega party, I've tried to make your life easier by being like, when people separate, this is what I do. And it's usually not heavy on Sean. I'll be like, "Uh, I'm doing this thing. And he'll be like, Great. And then I take some time because I've actually helped design a couple things for you. Yes. So I know the moving parts of the game.
0: For uh, for the record, in case you miss player tips, I wrote my own game.
1: Yeah. And that's what
0: I run. Yeah. It's based on Pathfinder and OGL 3.5, which was D&D 3.5.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just um, because
0: I wanted to, and I was looking for a space game, and I couldn't find one that did exactly what I wanted, so I made it.
1: Yeah. Which you can do, too, once you've got experience. Don't do it first. No. Don't do it first. <laughs> Don't um,
0: start by making
1: your own game. So my my character is a tinkerer in that party. So yep. I I know the general mechanics. So I can be like, okay, I'm gonna try and make this thing or design this thing, and I roll for it. If I'm successful, and if I am, then I can be like, I think it would probably be something like this. While Sean is dealing with other people. Yeah. Um, having an ally in the players is great.
0: It's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> and you will like that can also rotate like mm-hmm. in the alpha party. Nobody's really working against me Nope But they go in disparate directions So it's just like Okay Raj understands that I'm already running stuff So he's like I'm going to build this What do I need to roll? This Okay great I'm going to design it Exactly what Jeremy does in Omega It's just like Thank you I have to run this text adventure This puppet show (laughs) And this shopping excursion
1: Yeah Yeah Uh, And you'll find your ally. You'll find your ally, and, and th- some players are completely happy having a little downtime to sort of process what's going on. Yes. Um, every player's engagement is going to be different. Yep. So find the player that needs a lot of attention and give them attention, but not so much at the, as to kill other people's enjoyment. Right. Find find what each person wants from the game.
0: It's a balance. Yeah. And you're going to find that some people won't have a lot to do in a session. Yep. And if that makes you feel bad, just let them know. I've done it a couple of times. It's just like, hey, sorry you didn't have much to do today. Yep. We got sucked into this one thing,
1: but don't worry, next week there'll be something for you to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And big, big tip for a beginning GM, there's going to be a time somewhere in your game where... The players are just sitting around in like a cyclical loop and nothing is happening and the story is not going forward. Yep. Remember my words at that time, the angel on your shoulder, you control the world, you can make something happen. Yep. Especially if they've been wasting time and someone in the world knows where they are. Yes. Um, they're wasting time in their base? Okay, they've been there for two sessions and haven't done anything? All right. The villain finds them. Yeah. Bring the fight to them. Pushes things forward. Yep. Maybe they
0: haven't met it. It, because I don't know what the villain is. Maybe it's a monster. Yep. I have no idea. You have no idea. Yeah. Maybe they haven't met it before. Now they have a purpose. Yep. Now they have something that will drive them to do other stuff. Yep. Make sure they don't win. <laughs> yep. I mean... Uh... Unless you're wanting to end this part of the, the yeah. story, yeah. sure. But if this is the first encounter with the villain, maybe
1: don't. Yeah, you can also do something random. Yeah. A portal opens up from a different plane of existence and something spills through and they got to deal with it. Yeah. Uh, Doorbell rings and there's a baby left on their doorstep and now they got to figure out what they're going to do with a baby.
0: Their boss gets in – whoever gave them the quest gets in touch with them and says something's the matter or this or circumstances have
1: changed. Yeah, or they call them and they go, hey, do you have any updates? Because it's been like three days and I haven't heard from you.
0: If they're being paid to do a quest, they should be
1: doing the quest. Yes, they should be doing it. And that's the, the other sort of annotation I want to put to that is don't be afraid to give your players a little space. Yep. You don't have to be pushing things all the time.
0: Take breaks. Yeah. When they're having conversations in character about themselves, like within themselves, and they're planning stuff, yeah. that's a time for you to get re centered and find where you are in your story and make sure everything's working okay. Take a few notes and just let them experience because you might get stuff out of their discussion that will help you build in future.
1: Yep. And also, if your players aren't doing that, then mention it. Uh, one of the things I did with my group, because they're all pretty new, is I'd be like you set up camp, and you're eating dinner, and this is a, and uh, if you, uh, you, this is a perfect opportunity to talk to each other. Yep. And in the beginning, they were like, okay. And I just sit back. I'd be like, perfect opportunity to talk to each other. I'm done. Um. And then you know, once somebody has had a conversation, I can move on, and it's gonna get them more comfortable uh, talking to each other in character. Yep. Which is something that you'll want because yeah. it
0: will help make everything easier in the long run.
1: Yep. Yeah. Do we
0: want to go to commercial? Do some narrative-y stuff?
1: Yeah, after. I feel like we've got hit most tips, but we're just going to keep coming up with stuff.
0: Yeah, well, we we can continue to come up with stuff. Like, don't... Like, get your crying out of the way early. Yeah. Just just don't... You don't want to be... If you're crying, like, three hours before you're supposed to start running, that's your stress-out time. Yeah. You don't want to cut into your stress-out time, because then you'll carry it into the game. Yeah. You don't want to be stressed during the game. No. You
1: want to be as calm as possible. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You're going to be fine, regardless of how stressful all of this stuff that we talked about. And we're going to get into prepping for a first session next. Yeah. But regardless of how stressful this all sounds and how much it sounds like, you're going to be fine. Yeah. Because you're going to probably over prepare because you're worried about it. You're going to get in there. The party won't go as far as you're thinking. They never do. Yeah. You're going to not have to tackle all of those rules that you obsessed over. Yeah. Because they're not going to get to everything.
1: They're not going to come. Not not all the rules come up in every session. No. In fact, it's it's impossible for all of them to. That would be insane. Yeah. That would be the worst session ever. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone would have a bad time. Yeah. That would be terrible. And remember, you're there to have a good time. Yes. And all your players are there to have a good time.
0: You're telling a story. Yeah. Set the scene. Let them know what's going on. Yeah. Then ask them what they're going to do. They tell you what they're going to do. Narrate what happened. Yeah. Move on and repeat the cycle. That's
1: all you have to worry about. Yeah. So take it piece by piece by piece. Yeah. Last thing for me is if you feel things dragging, there are a couple uh, strategies you can do to either wrap things up or infuse some new energy into it. Sure. Um, I like to have an NPC say something uh, interesting. Um, Or you can do a really detailed description of something. Um, This can also sometimes confuse players, as sometimes I'll be like, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, wow, that was really great. I can see everything. Why don't you do that for everything? And that's because I don't want to talk for five hours. (laughs) Um, But it can really help reground the party. And it gives them things to go look at or do.
0: Yeah. You are also going to learn what your party's like. Yep. Some parties don't want a whole bunch of detail. Some of them just want the details that they need. And then as they are discussing and figuring out what they're going to do, they will ask for the details they want. Yeah. I remember trying to give the alpha party detail, and it just kind of got glossed over. Yep. And then it's just like, okay, let's go do this. I'm like, yeah. all right, like alright
1: i do not need to do this with this party. You don't. Great. <laughs> I mean, there's some characters I've played. Well, when I played my lizard detective, I was all about the details. Oh, Yeah. Right? But for the Alpha Party, I'm a honeypot. Yeah, exactly. So I don't care about physical details. I care about people.
0: Yeah. Which works out fine. So yep. it's going to come down to the characters and it's going to come down to the group. What's yep. going to work. Yeah. And we keep saying that, but we have to emphasize it because it is the truest tip we can give you.
1: is yep. It's all going to be down to your players. Yep. And you. Every, every GM has a different style. Yeah. Um, and you're going to find yours. So yep. don't stress about finding yours. Just... It's when something works, use it again. If something doesn't work or it's too much of a chore for you, don't do it.
0: You're not going to be Jeremy. You're not going to be me. No. Nope. You're not going to be Matthew Mercer.
1: You're not. You're not. You're not.
0: <laughs> you're not going to, like, it's just you're, you're going to find Chris your Perkins. own. Yeah. You're going to find your own. Yeah. And you're going to, your players are either going to really enjoy it or you'll find a group who really wants to play the style of game that you run. Yep. So. Yeah. Okay. We're going to take a break. Yeah. And then we're going to talk about building a first session. Yeah. And then we're going to play Pathfinder. Yes. Which is what you guys should also do. Yeah, have fun! Yay! So the second half of this is brought to you by Glycine, makers of the new Tuccinio lotion. This body lotion contains 11 natural oils and essential clays to both hydrate and tighten your skin, all with the reassuring and homey texture of fluid bacon experience the natural, bacony sense of moisturization and beauty I wish you guys could see Jeremy's face right now that only Ticino lotion can provide by glycine (laughs) and we're back to help you with your first session but before we get started with that I remembered while we were talking in the middle one more piece of equipment that I think is really useful that I love having and that is highlighters yes Having Because I do have sheets that are a little bit complicated, highlighting the stuff that's super important or that they find is so useful. I use different pen colors. There you go. Yeah. Different colored pens or highlighters. Yep. Useful. Building your first session. Yes. After your session zero, which we hope you had a chance to do, Yep. you have an idea of
1: what kind of game everybody wants. Yes. And when we say what kind of game... Um, some things to keep in mind. One, something you're going to enjoy. Yep. Don't run a game you're not going to enjoy. It. Because there's no point. Nope. it'll fall apart because your engagement won't be there. Yep. Um, two, there's going to be things that people say they want and then things that you notice they enjoy. Yep. Uh, which is one of the most important things you're going to learn as a GM. Players are going to lie to you all the time. <laughs> yes. Uh, you need to not psychoanalyze Watch what the players do and what they engage with. Yep. And then that's what you have to bring forward.
0: Cater more towards that, regardless of what they say, because even if they're like, oh, yeah, I want really combat heavy, and then they spend six hours just talking to NPCs and hanging out, having a blast, and then they
1: kind of. Tune out during the fight? I have a player in my game. Every single time I talk to him about his character progression, he's like, I just want more things to make my archery better. I just want to be the best archer. He's already a really good archer. Okay. Right? But the sessions that he says he has the most fun at are when they go into a bakery and the pit slave fighter learns what chocolate is for the first time. Like, that's when he's like, that was a great session. So... (laughs) What do I do when I'm trying to engage him? Do I give him more archery stuff? No, no, I don't no no. I make him go to street meat vendors to find out which meat on a stick is his favorite. <laughs>
0: Well, it was like the session zero for our party, where it's just like, yeah, we want like character-based stories without a big overarching thing. Yeah. And then every session where I've heard from multiple people, ah, man, that was great. It was when I tied in to the giant overarching story Yeah. with the characters I based. I mean, I think
1: the thing I sent to you was like, I really like character-focused stories when some and something big is happening around it. Yes. Right? Which, I did put the focus on character. Yep. But I did say... I like stuff happening around it. But the others were like, no, just like character. We're, we're, we're driven by characters, and it's the character stuff. I
0: which, don't need a big is, overarching
1: world. Which is why, um, when we started the Omega Party, I was like, there needs to be a reason for us to be together and actual missions for us to do. You guys. <laughs> yes. Um, which actually brings me to a really important tip for your first session. Have a reason for the party to be together. Yep. Um, Mercenary Guild, Adventurers Guild. The town the small town that they're in is attacked. Yeah. Um there needs to be a reason for the party to band together because otherwise you're relying on the players to come up with those reasons, and chances are they're not going to. Or it will take forever. Yeah. They'll eventually get to it. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes
0: that's okay, but
1: I wouldn't do it for I wouldn't do it. Your first game ever? No. No, don't do it. Have a reason. Yeah. Once you become more experienced at manipulating how, like, players can meet different people, then it's easier for you to just be like, yeah, you're in this city and do whatever you want, and you can thread different people in at different times and make yes. sure that they band together. Um, but for your first session, my my actual advice is have an adventurer's guild. Yeah. Uh, the tavern is the trope, but the adventurer's guild... Your, chances are your character is out there looking for something. And maybe there are places that are too dangerous for them to go alone. They go to the Adventurer's Guild. Maybe the Adventurer's Guild has resources that they know they will need, but they need to join it first. Go to the Adventurer's Guild. Maybe they're on the run. Go to the Adventurer's Guild. They're all
0: new. They they're yeah. all new initiates to the Adventurer's Guild, so they have been banded together as a party to take down something that they couldn't individually to yeah. see how they work together to prove to blood themselves for this guild. Yeah. Like, it's... It's such an easy way to give them a definite focus immediately.
1: And it gives you authority figures to work with right away that they have to respect. Yep. And it also gives you a chance to start inserting small politics and and fleshing out the world. Avengers
0: Guild's probably in a city. It gives you a chance to put it in a city. If it's not in a city, if it's on the outskirts of a city, they... The authority figure can be like, if you need resources and you can't get them here, yeah. go to this town. Yeah. And then they can encounter stuff there. Yep. Like it, oh, it gives a definite direction and purpose to the start.
1: And you're going to find that, especially with new characters, even experienced players have trouble with direction. And that's just because they don't have the context you do. Yeah, They exactly. never will.
0: No, because you're establishing
1: the context. Yeah. Yeah. The context is you. They're yeah. not you. They don't have it. Exactly. Um so by setting that up, you also help them create party dynamics. Yep. Which is what's gonna make it fun for them.
0: Especially immediately. Yep. And it allows it to develop and then it can change and it gives them stuff to do and it gives them stuff to role play on immediately, especially if that's what you're looking for. It, it's an easy outlet for role playing when yep. they have this to start.
1: Yep. What's in your adventurers guild? A bar, a restaurant, a place to sleep, people to talk to. Yeah. Uh, armory for basic supplies, a general store. Um, everything that they're going to need to start their adventure is in one place. And that makes the first session where they're looking for that sort of things start to move faster. Yep. Um, and I'm saying Adventurer's Guild, but if you want to reskin it, that's fine. Uh, there's a Hunter's Guild. There's sure. a, a Guard Station. There's um, a Wizard Tower. Mercenary Guild. There's a School like sure that it can all be just pasted on top of it um so if you have a certain aesthetic you want to go for lay it on top yeah it's um, super easy it's it's very easy
0: how do you feel because when i was first getting back into it yeah because uh, i took a giant gap off before i started doing it again mm-hmm. i was looking through some of the tips how do you feel about the school of thought where you start with an encounter where it's well, the first thing as a GM that you do is you say
1: roll for initiative. Um, I think it can work. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not. It does. It's not conducive to my style. Fair. It's it's but... a good tone setting thing, and it can really snap people to attention. Yes. Um, but personally, for me, I'd rather set a tone where you are free to do whatever you want.
0: I just I feel like if you're wanting to establish it with the you're in a town and it's attacked, if that's the story, I think rather than giving them a few like an hour of just kind of meandering around, if you're starting with the town being attacked, start with the town being attacked.
1: Yeah, you can. Absolutely. You can absolutely do that. I would say if you're going to do that though, after the initial encounter, whatever the aftermath is, give your players time to connect. Yep. Um, oh, that's that's key. Yeah. You don't want to just... It's not yeah.
0: just combat, combat, combat over.
1: Yeah, which that's is... That's a terrible that's, idea. That's the danger, I think, if if you do even just two in a row. Like, you have one encounter, initiative, and then, like, okay, like, take a breath. And then, boom, another encounter right after, For as, as far as combat goes. You're setting a precedent from the very beginning that most of this game is going to be combat. Yeah. If uh-huh. that's
0: what your group and you want, cool. Fine. Yeah. That's but, not what I want. <laughs> yeah. Or me specifically. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. You're but that said, you are going to eventually and when we talk about this next month or whenever we get to building a long-term narrative, you're going to have sessions that are like that. Yep. All of a sudden it's just you've gotten to a point in the story where it's like, "Okay, you're going to be
1: fighting for the next 6 hours." I mean, you might have a single encounter that lasts 4 hours. Yeah. That's just the way it's gonna go. It happens. Yeah. Bosses. Yep. Yes,
0: but that's that's a later day.
1: Yeah, it's in the future. <laughs> yeah. So have have a place where they're all together already. Yep. Uh, don't leave that up to the players.
0: No. Yeah. Not for your first one. No. Like Jeremy said, when you're feeling more comfortable, you're starting a new group. You're starting a new campaign. Yeah. Sure. At that point, when you've got your legs under you, do it. Yep. You can thread, you can have two in, and then one f- folds in, and then yeah. here's another two, and yeah, that yeah. works. But not right away.
1: Yeah, especially like if they're new players, a lot of them are going to be like, oh, I thought we were all going to be together. And they'll sort of wander around until you're like, there's this person that you see, and they're like, oh, okay, now I can just follow this person. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Which doesn't, it's not really conducive to them building a, fleshed out real living
1: character they're not engaged no they're not engaged um that's my big that's my big thing i'm done now your turn
0: (laughs) (laughs) going back to the idea of knowing your world i for your first session as best as you can try and keep it in one area Yep. yeah that way It doesn't get too scattered. You're not having to provide so much detail that you're overwhelming yourself in prep. But you're also not going to overwhelm your players. So if you're setting it, let's stick with the Adventurers Guild. If you're setting it, let's say it's an Adventurers Guild on the outskirts of a city of like 5,000 people.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Sticking with fantasy, even though I mostly run sci-fi at this point. (laughs) I I don't wish that on any new (laughs) G Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) so just know the city know who runs the city you don't need to know all the details you don't need to fill in every building nope but have a basic map know where stuff is even if it's just quarters it's just like this is where all of the shops are this is residential this is where the head of the city
1: is if you don't want districts have a town square
0: Yep, exactly. Off of the on the town square, there's where the mayor is. There's the main shops. There's the smithy, and then you're going off towards like the traders or whatever.
1: Yeah, fine. Where do they need to go? Sewers under the city, or a forest that's nearby, or you don't yeah. don't have them have to travel a week to get to their first thing. <laughs> no,
0: just have it based in one specific area. So if it lets, we'll stick with that. Adventurers guild. So there, I'll go with the the. They're running from something. Yeah. So they're they're on the run and they've arrived at this Adventurer's Guild. Yeah. So the Adventurer's Guild is going to put them to work so they can earn their room and board. Yep. So the, there's a, I don't know, a bear giving, I'm going with level one. Yep. So there is there is a bear causing problems for the farmers of the town. Yeah. So
1: go hunt that bear. Yeah. Go hunt that bear and stop that bear. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So now you already have. There's your authority figure at the Adventurers Guild. You have a town where you can also put other NPCs, another authority figure, set seeds up for more narrative later. Again, yep. won't deal with that now. But it gives you a base to do all of that from. Yep. And you have something that will pull them together. They're on the run. They need room and board because they're going to try and hide out here. Well, then they have to earn their keep. So they're going to earn their keep by doing something you've established. Yep. Boom. First session. And that probably is a first session. And what's nice about that is that one encounter, one combat encounter in that, the bear.
1: Yep. Or if they roll really horribly, maybe they get attacked by a wild boar or something.
0: Yeah, sure. But you're not, like, you don't have to introduce a whole pile of stuff right there. Nope. They have one bad guy and the bad guy's a bear who's not really bad, just doing bear things. Just a bear. Yeah. Maybe this village is about bees. Maybe yep. it's an apiary town. This is where the honey for the country comes from. Yep. Look at that. I just wrote a like a first campaign for you.
1: Yeah. I'm mean, the the thing also that's really useful that you did without mentioning it is having only one creature for them to fight. Yep. Is good. Yep. Um it lets you monitor the players way more because you're not tracking as much. Yes. And it lets them sort of figure out where their characters should be in a fight positionally. Yep. Um, because if you don't have that, you're going to have an archer who thinks they can be right up in the front line. Yeah, that's how you get an archer eaten by bears. Yep. So it, it's, it's a good test for them. Yep. Uh, and they're going to be sort of stretching their characters for the first time, too.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you don't want to overstretch them in the first.
1: Yeah. Um, One thing I like to do uh, for a first session is that I like to, one, keep it simple. But two, if you know you want to deal with threats in the future, certain threats, you can plant a seed of that in the first encounter without ever mentioning it or doing anything, just by choosing a creature type that is connected to that threat. Yeah. You want to have them fight a lich later on? Have an undead. You want them to be fighting uh, aberrations from the Far Realm. Is this a madness campaign? Have an aberration. Um, The nice thing, especially about D&D, is that there are lots of low-level creatures to pull from.
0: Tons. From
1: every category. Hey, is there going to be a dragon fight in the future? Kobolds. Uh, There's so much to pull from. And it's going to be a thing that later on, after you've actually planned what's going to happen... Yeah. They're going to look back and be like, he's done this from the beginning. Yep. Wrong. (laughs) I knew one thing and I used that.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, But that is going to run counter to my next advice, which is don't plan a sweeping story. Nope. Your first couple sessions, just have a simple thing for them to do.
0: Yeah. Focus on the bear. Yeah. Yeah. Focus on that bear. First, that's that. There's your first time GM motto. Yeah. Focus on the bear. Yeah. It applies to the C and C of D and D.
1: Yep. Consistency and communication. For those of you that forgot.
0: Yep. But it keeps everything
1: focused. Mm-hmm. If
0: they if they take care of that bear in the first session, great. Yeah. That's totally fine because then you're building off of that
1: yeah they get their rewards yeah full-fledged members of the guild Yep, you can set up a couple quests that they can take from the board or you can just have the authority figure send them out on another thing
0: yeah exactly keep them
1: focused and centralized in something small first yeah and if if they go if they're just like hyper competent and go and kill that bear and it's only been an hour right have them go back and be like You notice that the bar is open in the Adventurers Guild, and now they're at a bar and they can talk to each other, and you have a chance to introduce a bartender character, which most people love. (laughs) Bartenders are always adored. Yeah. Um, And it also lets the party get to know each other. Yeah. Remember, even though you're focusing on the bear, there's other opportunities for you to let the players do the work for you. Exactly.
0: That's so much of DMing is getting the players to do the work for you. And it's not that you don't do the work. You have the work done. You're ready to go. You know what they're doing. They're hunting that bear. But maybe they're going to figure out which one of them's the best tracker. Maybe they're going to focus... Maybe you have a group that's really going to focus on the minutia of, like, okay... How old is are these tracks? Can we figure that out? How long has this bear been gone? Let's go talk to the farmers who are being pestered by it. The beekeepers. I want to
1: check if this bear has cubs.
0: Yeah. I'm against killing anything natural, so... Maybe we can relocate this bear. I think they are going to do a whole bunch of crazy shit yep. that you did not plan
1: for. Yep. And because it's on a small scale, you'll be able to react to it. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> hmm. I'm glad that you agree. Feels good. Okay, a couple other tips for your first time session. I would say once you've sort of built your through line for the adventure, because you should have a through line that you think they're going to go Yep. prepared, and if they go off of it, that gives you something to guide them back to. They'll eventually get the hint. Like, okay, they need to go kill that bear. Let's go talk to the farmers, right? Talk to one farmer. Yeah, it's been about a month. I think the bear's in the western part of the forest. Talk to the second farmer. Yeah, it's been about a month. The bear's in the western side of the forest. Talk to the fourth farmer. Yeah, it's been about a, about a month. Usually the bear comes from the west side of my farm. Eventually they're gonna get the hint on where they need to go. Yeah. Uh, maybe they go completely off the path. Maybe they go into town. They're like, oh, but I want to find if I can get some potions first. Sure. Right? They go into town. And the shopkeeper's like, oh, I wish I could give you my potions, but the farmer who usually gives me the herbs has been attacked by this bear in the west end, west end of the forest. Yeah, you keep tying it back. Hit them over the head with it if you need to. Yeah, there's there's time for them to find their own storylines. Oh yeah. But for your first couple sessions, not don't railroad them. They can go wherever, but always provide signposts for them to know where they can go next. Yep. If you give them nothing, then. They're going to give you nothing.
0: Yeah. And they're just going to wander. Yeah. And they're going to spin their wheels. Yep. And you're going to sit there, and you're not
1: going to be having fun. And they're not going to be having fun. Probably. Well, yeah. Some of them might just like spinning their wheels.
0: Yeah. Sometimes it happens. So, sometimes it happens. Yep. Sometimes they just want to science
1: for five hours. It happens. Sometimes everybody but two people in the party <laughs> wants to science for the entire time. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that's really important is they're going to fail roles yeah. all the time, especially in the beginning of the game, even have their failure give them something. Yeah. Maybe it's not the something they were looking for. Maybe it's not, like, exactly the information that's correct, but give them something. Because if what if they fail a roll and you just shut down the situation completely, they've usually only thought of one or two tacks yeah. to go forward, and you've just shut down one of them. So now it's the other one or nothing. Yeah. So then they sort of wander around. Yep. Right? And, uh, like, the something you can give them is another tact to follow.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Right? Maybe they go to the town guard for this bear because they want to know if it's getting closer and closer to the city. Sure. But, um, you know, they're talking to the guard and they roll really lowly on their persuasion check and offend him. Yeah. Right? Well, oh, you're just like old man Jenkins who lives out in the woods. I hate that guy. Oh, new character. They can go see him. Um, And it brings them closer to the west end of the woods.
0: (laughs) Plus, it doesn't feel like you're railroading them. Nope. You're giving them a piece of information in the world that makes sense in a character. Yep. So you're continuing to do your job, and they're having a new way to figure out this story. Yep. And to tell this story. Yep.
1: Now you just have to have an old man voice. It's fine. It's very easy to do. Yep. You can make him a crazy racist bigot. If you want, If sure. you want to. Um... This brings me to my next thing that is a big tip for not only the beginning of your campaign, but every session you run. There are going to be some things your players don't want in your game. Yep. The game is an escape. The game is for fun. And it might be things that you don't even think about. Maybe the couple that's playing with you had an abortion a year ago, and they don't want to deal with kids in dangerous situations because it's fresh for them. Sure. Maybe... Somebody is like, I don't want slavery in this. Yeah. Ask your players if there's anything they don't want in the campaign. Uh, I know in in the campaign I'm running, and I probably wouldn't have put this in anyways, one of the players came up to me and said, I don't want any rape in this campaign, and I don't want any connotations of rape. Okay. Right? That's entirely fair. And it's so easy to write a story without it. Yep. It also lets me know, like, there are some dark places in the world that you can go to in the game I run. It lets me know that when they go to that dark place, that's not a detail I throw in. Yeah, sure. Like, maybe in somebody else's headcanon, they're like, oh man, there's probably that happening here. But yeah. I don't say it. I don't bring it up. It's not at the forefront. Yeah. Um, and, and it's useful, I find, to let players know that if they are uncomfortable with something, as a player, they can speak up during the game. Yeah. They can speak up after the game. Yep. It's Easy to retcon. C
0: and C. Yep. Communication. Yep. Communicate. It is vital to establish the fact that any player can talk to you at any point.
1: Yeah, and even out of game, like yes, breaking out of character can sort of cause a stumble in the action. Sure. But you'll find that if somebody, if you, let's say we're talking and we're doing the the bear game, right, and sweet, you go out sweet there, bear game. you go out there, and there's. Uh, like, a bunch of bear traps and, like, there's a poacher that is, like, stealing, like, furs from the town or whatever. Yeah, sure. Right? Um, you might have somebody who gets really upset at that. Yeah. And if they get, if they say, oh, hey, um, I'm actually really uncomfortable with just the idea of poaching, I've had a personal experience with it, or I just don't want that to be in my fantasy, and you go, oh, okay, well... There's some traps that hunters have set up, uh, but they don't look inhumane. And you've just retconned it so that that person is more comfortable. They're more likely to enjoy themselves at the game now and in the future. And it also, you want everyone at the table to be comfortable. And that's more than just physical.
0: Yeah. And that stabilizes your group and it stabilizes your table. And it'll stabilize your game. Meaning you will have fewer problems if everybody is working on the same page. And if it's as simple as that, do it. Mm-hmm. There's no problem with retconning something.
1: If, no problem
0: at all. Uh, I'm actually very uncomfortable with that situation. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, how about this? Okay, thank you. And then
1: you just move on. That's and it. Sometimes it, al- it also lets a player know that the other players can do that. Yep. And sometimes a player will bring something up that makes another player uncomfortable. And if you don't set that precedent because you set the tone as the GM, then that's going to sort of develop into a festering problem Yeah. That will tear your group apart.
0: And that's how games fall apart.
1: Yeah. You can have a character who is a misogynist, for instance. Yeah. Right? Who goes around and tries to sleep with every woman that he meets. Yeah. Or she meets. Like, whatever. Yeah. But maybe you have, you know, some people at the table who have had to deal with people like that. And if you don't have the ability to bring that up and talk about it and say, this makes me uncomfortable, it's going to tear the group apart. And if the player who's playing that character says, well, that's just my character, I'm going to do it anyways, you probably don't want them in your group. Yeah, they can go. Yeah. Uh, even if they're your friend, because the truth is is that they're going to keep doing things that make other people's enjoyment, including yours, suffer. Yep. And it's not worth it. No. Doesn't mean you can't be friends with them.
0: No. Just talk to them. If they can't change, just
1: let them know. Yep. Be clear. Direct them to our Player Tips podcast.
0: Yeah. It's
1: really useful. Yep. Plug, plug, plug. Plug, plug, plug. Check out my articles.
0: Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I did mention a basic map. Yep. I do stand by a basic map, but don't fill the whole thing in.
1: Yep. If you fill everything in and the players come up with something that you didn't think of, you have nowhere to put it.
0: Yeah. Build NPCs. In our bear game, build the bear. Make sure you know the bear. Yep. Build the authority figure at the Adventurers Guild. Make sure that you know who runs it. No, the bartender, if you're having a bar, have a couple farmers and then just have a couple loose ones like a shopkeeper or yep. or a, a, like a, a town guard urchin. or a street urchin or the hunter that Jeremy brought up. Just have a loose set of characters, even if they are just a couple character traits.
1: Yeah. And these characters don't need to be groundbreaking. No. The thing to remember in the world is that when you have mundane people in the world, it actually grounds everything. Yeah, Not everyone is an adventurer or a wizard or a warlock in disguise. Like, No, sometimes they're just boring <coughs> folks. Sometimes so- it's just Susie who has a crush on Jack and he's oblivious.
0: Yeah, that sounds sweet. Yeah. Maybe the now the party will help try and get S- Susie and Jack together.
1: Yeah. There's your second session. Matchmaker, matchmaker.
0: <laughs> you, <laughs> we laugh, but uh, there are parties who would totally do that.
1: I mean, mine would. There you go. Mine absolutely
0: would. Although our party is trying to keep you away from your man, but that's okay. I mean, my man? (laughs) Uh, I have men. uh, I don't know. You can't intelligence your way out of the charm monster you're hooked up with.
1: I mean, that's true, but I could just leave. Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That is a long story for a very different day because we have Pathfinder
1: to play at some point soon. We do. We actually have to wrap this up. Uh. Is there anything that's super important for our first first couple sessions that we've missed?
0: Relax. Yep. Trust
1: yourself. Breathe. Breathe. Listen. Yep. Listen to your players. This the first sessions you do, you're gonna see the seeds of what you got, where you want to send these characters. Yep. What the what the characters also want. Yes. And what the characters might need because want and need are different, different things. Different
0: things. Don't over plan.
1: Yep. Uh, But
0: have a plan. But be ready for when they skip your plan.
1: (laughs) Remember, the plan is your keystone. Yes. So signpost back to it, but they can go off of it.
0: Exactly. But have that basis. Have the core of what you're wanting to happen
1: exist. Yeah. That way Uh, you have an idea. If things are really dragging and you've done everything you can think of, ask the players what they need. Yeah. Right? Like... you guys seem confused. What can I do to help? Yes. CNC. <laughs> CNC of D&D. The CNC of D&D. It's really useful. Actually. It is. It is really useful.
0: <laughs> um no more than one encounter unless you're running a high combat in your first session. If yep. your first session's 3 to 4 hours? Yep. Maybe have your first session as a first time GM be 3 to 4 hours.
1: <laughs> uh yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't do a whole day.
0: No. I Not as your first.
1: Day. If you if people want to do a whole day, have them come build their characters and then start the session. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Have a hangout. Have a somewhat of a session zero first yeah. and then play. Yeah. But don't try and do a full day on your first
1: yeah. time. Um, I think number one, and this is a big tip we gave for players too, pay attention. Yep. If you don't pay attention, then you're going you're gonna to be like, oh, I'm going to throw these things in and they'll catch on to it and do it. But they won't, because no. you haven't been paying attention to what they're actually interested in. Yep. Yeah.
0: I think, I guess this is a bit of inside baseball for a game that Jeremy's actually in, but I think the cues that I give, the party gets 2 of 10. Yeah. I'd say about 20% of the story hints and the little things and the, the little offshoots that they could take for story I, they might get 20%. I saw how excited Maybe.
1: your face got when my character was like, oh, I'm going to send this report back to our boss <gasps> and ask for intel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As I
0: almost pass out. Yeah. So I was like, yes.
1: <laughs> Come to me. <laughs>
0: the story. Yes. Remember the story. I
1: try so much, Sean. I try so much because I know in that group I have to yeah yeah
0: but it's so much fun it is a lot and that's fun. what matters
1: yeah well i guess that's it you mr and mrs internet are the lifeblood of our podcast and we want to answer your questions or just have a good old chat you want to talk to us on twitter i can be found at mighty Thews. that's mighty t-h-e-w-s sean is at sean cord that's sean with you and we are at guys from podcast you can email us at guysfrompodcast at gmail.com or Facebook us at the guys from.
0: Yeah, if you enjoy the Guys From Podcast, tell anyone you can any way you can, and the best thing you can do to help us get the word out there is to leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Or go to every pet shop in town, tell some parrots. They'll keep repeating it. Maybe someone will listen that way, too. That's a great
1: viral marketing campaign.
0: <laughs> Everyone would hate you at that pet shop, but...
1: The customers
0: don't. (laughs) (laughs) We're available pretty much everywhere podcasts are found. And if we're not somewhere, let me know. I'll fix it. Hey, Jeremy,
1: is there anything you wanted to plug? Hey, Sean. My first article for the guys from came up on the 15th, and my next one will come up right on Valentine's Day. Uh, So monthly stuff, if uh, reaction is good and I'm getting lots of requests, I might do two a month. Um, we'll see what happens. So, uh, check that out. If you like this sort of thing, uh, if you have questions, uh, send them to me there. Cause I can also handle stuff that we can't talk about here. Yes. Um, that might not be an entire podcast worth of, of content. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or you can check me out at my other podcast, the third space where I just make bad jokes.
0: Literally. That's it, pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. But it is enjoyable.
1: It is, is fun. Uh, if you want Sean in that, we do have a guest spot with Sean. Which is a pretty great episode, in my opinion.
0: Well, when I don't have any reason to focus and Jeremy doesn't have any reason to focus, Kevin's kind of out to lunch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yep, yep. Uh, What about you, Sean? On our website,
0: www.theguysfrom.com, aside from hosting this Giving You Initiative podcast, we also write articles on things like music. That's indie music every weekday, throwback tracks on Thursdays. Jeremy's already talked about his gaming stuff. There's also video game stuff, The Simpsons, movies, you name it, we probably write about it. If you're looking for more horror-y stuff, I am mostly focusing my horror attention to the Dark Half on Instagram. That's T H E underscore D A R K H A L F on Instagram. I'm basically doing what I used to do at iHorror, but now for myself. Yay. Feels pretty good. And also, go play a game. Just just do it. It's yeah. so fun and it's yeah. so worth it.
1: Yeah, and uh, if you don't know if you don't want to play D D, pay attention to my article for the next coming a little bit because I'm gonna be mentioning some other games yep. that fall sort of at different spectrums of, of the thing. So Uh, If D&D is too intimidating, I'll find you something.
0: Yeah, exactly. Or hit either of us up on Twitter and we'll help.
1: Yep. It's super easy. I'm not New Zealand anymore. Yay! (laughs) Uh, Special thanks to The Sweets for our opening music. Check them out at wearethesweets.com. And also to Kevin McLeod for our ad music, Garden Music. Uh, And our takeout music called Feel Is First.
0: This has been episode 203 of the Guys From Podcast, the Bear Adventure Podcast. If you want us to narrate the entire bear adventure, let us know on Twitter. Thanks for listening. Once again, I'm Sean. And I'm Jeremy. Have a great week, everybody. The Guys From Podcast is brought to you in part by nothing. Nothing.
1: But bears.